Welcome to Questions from the Pew. This is actually part two of a conversation that Reichert and I had on aliens. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, feel free to go back and listen to that before you jump into this episode. So enjoy the show. We're a forum for discussion on the issues that are ruminating in the minds of churchgoers, but that are often not raised from the pulpit. Too long has the church shied away from grappling with tough questions and nuanced issues. We're your hosts. I'm Reichert Zalameda. I'm Lucas Manning. Welcome to Questions from the Pew, where faith and culture meet. One thing that like is connected a little bit to this whole extraterrestrial life thing is like the Fermi paradox. Do you know the Fermi paradox? No. So basically it's like the Fermi paradox is like how come when we look up into the like the seemingly infinite universe, like we don't see anything yet. We really don't see any signs, at least yet, that there's anyone out there. And uh, basically like what the Fermi paradox is saying is uh, – like there's these thresholds that life has to cross in order to like get to intelligence and there's thres- thresholds like after there's an intelligent life form uh that could like get rid of that intelligent life um so like for instance like uh how did inorganic like molecules become organic molecules like that's like a threshold where it's like how did that happen we don't know uh, then it's like, how did organic molecules form the first functioning cell? Like, that's a thing that we don't know. <laughs> like, like, you know, you might have a, some, a soup of organic materials, but, like, they don't know how to work together to make, you know, like a living cell. Uh, it's like, those are thresholds. Um, the thresholds that we might say are, like, in our future are, like, how does intelligent life not, like, self-destruct? So, like, for instance, like, nuclear, you know, we've, we've, I mean, we've, We've learned so much about science that we now have the means to just self-destruct if we if we wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, like yeah. that's a like actual thing that could happen. Um, and then I, I don't know what all the thresholds are, but those are some examples. And mm. the question is: Is the threshold like? Is the reason why we look up into the sky and don't see anything? Is that because of the thresholds that we had to cross, or is it because of the thresholds we haven't crossed yet? <laughs> If that makes any sense. So is it because, like, it's so ridiculously rare for life to get to where it is, like, to human beings, you know, becoming self-aware? Like, is that the thing that's so rare? Or is it so rare that, like, intelligent life forms don't self-destruct when they start to learn about, you know, like, when they start to learn about ways that they can self-destruct? Mm. Um, so that's, like, the question. Anyway, so it's it's an interesting one. So if they're really – honestly, if there are uh, – you know, if there are other forms of intelligent life besides human beings, at least at least it gives us hope that it's not the thresholds in front of us that keep life from expanding into the universe. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, anyway, so there's the Fermi paradox. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is like, given how, 
and once again, this is all like science based. So sorry if uh, if we have any young Earth creationists here. <laughs> I'm just not. Uh, I'm operating a, of, under the assumptions of like the consensus of the scientific community currently, <laughs> as we talk about these things. Uh, but a lot of them will say like, you know, if the universe is 13. Point whatever 13.6 billion years old, like it would be it would be crazy that we are the first like intelligent life because yeah, like we like we're so late in the game like there's been mm -hmm. so much time for somebody else to develop um anyway so yeah i mean it's it's interesting it definitely would throw a wrench into a lot of people's perspective on everything i think yeah which maybe i mean maybe that's a good transition into yeah i think that would be a a good segue into, into question two. A question from the pew. Question two. How does this affect our reading of scripture and our theology? Mm. Oof. I mean, that's yeah. the question. It's kind of a I mean yeah. kind of a hard right turn, but in many ways not really. Because... <laughs> yeah. I mean that's what we talk about on this podcast, so it's I mean I think it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean it it definitely has it for it'll force us to it I guess it is forcing us to or if more definitive evidence comes yeah. out and the hypotheticals become real. Yeah. Right. Then it'll force us to reassess um yeah, our anthropology, how we understand ourselves as human beings, um, especially if you take uh, if you take the Judeo-Christian scriptures as not only a, a product as those who hold to the faith um, as a product of divine origins, but very realistically, a product of human origins uh, as well uh, some mm. combination of of those two however that works out or has worked out um it can't be untethered from the from its human origins right and so at yeah, some level sure. we can um, ascribe a divine quality to um to scripture but at the same time it was written by human men um, and edited over a long period of time. Yeah. Um, and so what do you do with that then? And then, you know, moving beyond that, um, what has or what will change in light of the evidence of, um, you know, whatever evidence does come out of it? Because it's happened before, yeah. right, where we've had to reassess our place in the universe, given, sure. um, you know, the 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 model of the universe um yeah um that was um yeah that was just you know discovered and, and proposed in light of yeah if yeah if the earth isn't the we, center of the universe then what does that do yeah um, to, to our place view humanity yeah yeah so it's right, been yeah. done before and it's i mean granted it it was an ugly period <laughs> yeah, human, yeah yeah uh, it wasn't without history. its bumps that's for sure <laughs> Scientifically and religiously. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but it's hopefully a good point. That, that we've learned from that. I don't know what that's going to look like, though. 
if it was ugly yeah. if it was that ugly back then have <laughs> yeah. we progressed enough as a society to avoid the, that kind of ugliness yeah. when you know the next go around comes i mean it'd be great if i could say yes but i mean i don't know i mean given how we treat fellow humans who don't happen to be in our geographical you know arbitrary lines that we've you know <laughs> like divided the land up into like we don't even have like i mean even for those within our geographic area where we've drawn arbitrary lines we don't always have empathy and you know or we're not able to take like a change in worldview very well yeah i mean it is interesting so i mean i think for i don't know i don't know how how exactly to put this but i think it could present problems for like for those who take scripture, I guess in uh, in in the way that I'm gonna say like popular American uh, theology or like traditions has like understood the Bible, because I mean if if you really do like if you are a young like if you believe in young Earth creation, which you know no no hate or anything like that, but like if you do, and then like you know aliens show up, <laughs> I guess it's just like what do you what do you, and then the aliens are like, yeah, we have a, you know, 20,000 year old civilization. We've been observing you guys, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know how they're communicating with us, but, but like if they did, then it's like, oh, that throws a big wrench into, you know, my perspective, if that was my perspective. So I think for some, I think for some, and, and the funny thing is, like, I think we see this in other ways um, where, like popular American theological positions get challenged by, you know, like modern science or they get mm -hmm. challenged by like historical retellings of how America came to be and, you know, how we got here today, which we kind of talked about a little bit in our, our series on uh, the American church and race. Um, so like these things have challenged like popular theology in America. Um, and some people still, you know, they're just like, they don't want to – I guess they would rather ignore or deny those things than try to, like, change their position. You know what I mean? So I feel like maybe if, you know, you know, if there is definitive, like, evidence on, you know, extraterrestrial life or, you know – they actually didn't – in the hearing, they didn't want to use extraterrestrial life because they didn't want to assume the origins. So they just said non-human hmm. life because I guess extraterrestrial, it's like, well, maybe it's not extraterrestrial – they just didn't want to assume anything, which is interesting. Right. Um, anyway, just non-human life. It would throw a... I'm just saying, like, American popular theology, especially recently, has survived even amidst, like, I think, like, legitimate challenges to the assumptions that it's built on. You know what I mean? So I don't know if it would be any different when, you know, mm. an, an alien comes knocking on the door. <laughs> you know, Maybe it would. I guess it it depends, I guess, on how much, like, our societies would have to, like, interact. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But Yeah. I, yeah, it's an interesting, like, to the question of, like, is there space for higher, high forms of life that are non-human in the universe? Um, I don't know. Do you think that's broad enough or is that too too narrow i don't know i'm thinking about that are now. you saying you said is there space like, for like within yeah, a it, within like a biblical perspective is that what you mean right yeah 
Like, yeah. is there a space in a biblical biblical perspective for non-human sure. life in non-human, you know, higher life yeah. forms in the universe? Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's because in in some ways, like the idea of you know, I'm just gonna speak as a, a as a lay person at a, a popular yeah. level, right? The the statement of no aliens, uh, that there aren't any aliens, um, is, um, is in some ways, I guess, an argument from scriptural silence, right? Because sure. it's, um, I mean, we've, we've talked about this before. Like, is it answer, is it forcing, um, the Genesis creation accounts, right? To yeah. answer questions that it's not asking. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's like there's no concept of space you know, in the Bible. Like, it's just not a – there is no concept for people. Well, I mean, I guess there is in the sense that, like, stars are considered, like, divine, you know, divine beings. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it's like – for them, it wasn't – at least it wasn't space, you know, in the way that we yeah. think about Certainly it. Certainly there was but a differentiation it, between – you know the the, yes. the earth beneath and the heavens above. There's there's that recurring totally. phrase. Absolutely, um, but I think their imagination on what's up there is way different than what our imagination is on what's sure. up there. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's just like our cosmologies are different. Every culture has them, um, and so that's where I guess to me, like, because I it was fair. I was talking to some people after the hearings. And to me, I, I don't think, like, the Bible's message is, like, really affected in any, like, I don't know, real way. And I guess maybe I can say it this way. So, like, if human beings are, you know, created in God's image, and by that, uh, we just mean, like, his representations here on earth or creation. Um, I guess it's like, why couldn't there be others that are also that in different parts of, you know, our universe um and then it, it just wouldn't have been in the purview of the biblical authors to think about any of that you know what i mean so that's where i don't think the bible's like message is affected in the sense of you know where we represent god's love and compassion to creation obviously human beings don't do that a lot of the time and so we you know we don't live up to our calling and then this is a very reductional reductionist way of a reductionist description of the Bible, but then Jesus comes back and he gives humanity the ability to regain our calling as, you know, God's images and partners in creation. Uh, like, I don't think that, to me, that, like, that storyline or that, like, mission or that vision, like, just because there might be other, other like, intelligent beings in the universe, to me, that's not, it doesn't dismantle that, you know. For me, it just, again, like I mentioned earlier, just comes down to what we're asking, yeah, what we're asking 
scripture to do like what questions are we assuming it's asking and provides answers sure. to um, and as well it assumes a lot about I guess the way we ask questions and the questions we ask um, assumes a lot about what the authors were concerned about and what they knew and that's a, I guess that's a whole nother rabbit hole about yeah, <laughs> yeah what yeah. you know biblical authors n- knew were they limited by their um, by their, you know, ancient Near East understanding, um, sure of of the world and their place in yeah. it. But... Well, I, I don't know if it's like that they're limited by it. It's just that that is their perspective. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Like I don't. I guess like to me, when we talk about like an ancient Near Eastern cosmology, I don't think of that as like a a limitation mm-hmm. and that they were wrong. It, it's just a sure. different cosmology. You know what I mean? Because it's like obviously yeah. we have our cosmology, and maybe we could say like. I don't and know. It's got I, its I own struggle set of limitations say, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's not like ours well. is any more right. It's just asking right. different questions yeah. with different yeah, instruments. We t- you know, <laughs> right? We talked about this before, right? But like our modern, you know, quote unquote, advanced scientific cosmologies, yeah, um, may offer, you know, what some view as better explanations of the, the order and the origins of the universe. But does sure. that communicate um, purpose, or is that lost in our sure. uh, modern approach? Whereas totally. purpose was the um, the you know in many ways the focal point of ancient cosmologies, even if totally. um, you know they are you know by modern standards inaccurate uh, understandings totally. of the universe. Well, and I would but say yeah, you, I, would I think say you've the... got a point though. Limitations isn't probably the most helpful word. Maybe sure. you know. Not, not even constrained has got a negative connotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think yeah. of a different word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're just they're ingrained in a in a culture. Yeah. Well, that's where like, yeah. I mean, one there's tons of the even with all our you know scientific advancement or whatever. There's tons of things like, it's like we split the atom and it's like great. Now there's pieces of the atom and then we split those and it's like great. There's quarks, but like we don't know what that is. You know, yeah. <laughs> we have to like use such like uh, like when we're describing these things even in school it's like such like ethereal language like and also i think because we live like we all have our cosmological like view of the and we all mostly share it except for the flat earth people i don't know what they're doing (laughs) but like you know we we mostly share it as a culture uh and so i think it's hard for us to see that there's also purpose like baked into our cosmology you know what i mean and like i think the prevailing like the perspective that seems to be gaining ground all the time in the West is like we're we're not special like we're we're just a we're a speck in the vastness of the you know an indifferent universe so like what you do doesn't really matter you know I think that is like like it's a prevailing perspective and I think it's connected to our cosmology honestly um, and I'm not saying our cosmology is wrong quote unquote but I'm just saying it like our per like how our culture defines purpose is also affected by our origin story. Even mm-hmm. if our origin story is quote unquote more scientifically informed mm-hmm. or whatever, I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's that much different, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like we just, we've just expanded the scope that we can observe basically. Yeah. I feel like we have gone down a rabbit hole, <laughs> but I think all that was to say, like, I don't know. I don't think like the biblical perspective is incompatible right. with like another life form at least then that's me i don't know i mean do you disagree 
No, I don't. I don't think it's incompatible. Um, yeah. At all, I think there is space for, you know, non-human high life forms, um, yeah. and it, and I think it'll, I mean, for, you know, time immemorial, they've there have been discussions about what it means to be created in the image of God. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think that'll if, again, this hypothetical of you know if there is another higher life form in the universe that, um, that is as advanced if not more advanced than 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 human beings then what does that do to our understanding of you know this imago dei uh that yeah. that we've been discussing for <laughs> yeah, for yeah, yeah right no i mean it is so a fair I, question what i'm interested in is the i'd be fascinated as you know scientific progress is made and these discoveries and theories are formulated um, what that will do to our theology, like what new branches of, of theology will arise um, sure. from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Because like, totally. So, so for example, the, um, just the advances in medical science has um, forced, uh, has forced theology to, um, has forced theology down paths that had those advances not been made, maybe it would never have gone yeah. down, you know, to, un, un, to, to understandings of human nature um, and sure. the value of, of human life. Um, sure. Those well, yeah, questions it makes theology get asked. very specific. Yeah. Because that's like, obviously, like the Bible has like wisdom on like, you know, the value of human life and, you know, all these things. But, like, it could never, like, imagine, you know, like, I don't know, in vitro fertilization or something. You know what I mean? Like, these things are, like, beyond the scope. And so all we can do as modern followers of this ancient book is try to apply that wisdom to, like, new situations. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where, the, yeah. That's the strain. That's where the strain and the tension comes, right? It's because... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's that strain between the ancient and the modern, and what we, what we do with it. Um, because in, yeah. we've said this before in multiple episodes, but some questions that we are asking, actually, a lot of the questions that we are asking, where we're at right now in time and space, we're just not in the purview um, of biblical authors or even the original audience um, oh. of of scripture, right? And so, it would be unfair to um to make scripture do something that it was not meant to do or um yeah, yeah. agreed yeah and that's i guess to me it's like i don't know if god created us in his image um i don't know i guess what's stopping him from making others you know also in his image um although i'm sure that would be part of the debate it's like are these you know i don't know it would be yeah it would just be a debate it's like who yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting, I guess. Uh, the funny thing is all of this, like, we're talking about it, and all of this hinges on, like, who knows even if there is. <laughs> right, know? right. This, is, I mean, this episode like, is just one huge hypothetical. Yeah, just a big like, what if. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, like, the funny thing. But who knows, man? I mean, it seems like the ball is rolling on this whole thing. 
So, I mean, if Congress people are like checking in on this stuff, then it seems like we'll so we'll know sooner rather than later if there really is, you know, if the government does have like possession of mm-hmm. hard evidence, which I don't know if it does. Seems like these guys say they do, say that the government has hard evidence. So we'll see. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cool. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Know if I have much else to add to that, without right. again diving into rabbit holes of <laughs> even yeah, yeah. further down than the than the ones we've dived. Yeah, about. we've already gone. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's a good place to end it. Um, it will. Yeah, it will. I think um, in our next episode, I don't know if I should say this, but in our next episode, we'll be talking a little bit more about some more grounded stuff, some more, some less hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Stuff, but still in the realm of well, how do we take this ancient faith, ancient scripture, and bring it into the modern day? Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, kind of coming face to face with those tensions, given where we are as a society. Um, yeah, in the advances totally. that we've made. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Cool. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on Patreon. It's just www.patreon.com slash questions from the pew. If you can't support us financially, please give us a good rating or review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, and that will help others find our podcast. Also, please comment and ask questions. You can do that by following and messaging us on Facebook or Instagram. You can also leave us a short voice message or text message at 312-725-2995. If you do leave a voicemail, please keep it under 30 seconds and tell us your name and where you're from. We'd love to include your voicemail in our Q&R episodes, but if you prefer for us not to, just let us know and we'll include your question in another way and without giving your information. The same goes for any messages you send us on social media or through text. This has been Questions from the Pew, a podcast in the World Outspoken Network. To learn more about World Outspoken and its mission to prepare the Mestizo Church for cultural change, visit www.worldoutspoken.com. For questions from the Pew, I'm Riker Zalameta. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time. Bye.